0: Welcome to Sundry. It's a podcast, you see. Your host is Ben Fort, and Ben Fort is me. Sometimes we're funny or fiction or weird, and I hope that your enjoyment is more than you feared. Without more ado, uh, there's nothing more to explain. Uh, this episode is all about public domain. Those copyright grinches. Welcome to the Sundry podcast. Uh, I am still Ben. Uh, This week, I am joined by Brett Newman.
1: Hello, Ben. This is Brett Newman.
0: Uh, The reason that Brett is here today um, is because of my anger about something. Um, It's not a hot-button issue at all. Uh, I really wanted to do an episode where I would come on here and read How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Then I found out that uh, there's this thing called Public Domain, and I cannot read How the Grinch Stole Christmas on this podcast. And I was ranting about this to anybody that would listen. One of those people that would listen is uh, my friend Brett here. Uh, When we were at uh, Church Small Group, I was uh, ranting and he listened. And while I went off and just talked to different people, he he went home and learned about public domain, and so we're gonna talk about public domain and um and why I can't read how the
1: Grinch stole christmas so Ben's painting me as a little bit of a nerd which which is accurate it's an accurate statement but i uh what he what he didn't mention is i I take the train into work every day, so I have quite a bit of time where I'm just able to to read and do things that um, you know, instead of sending in traffic, I I learned about public domain, which I'm not sure which is more beneficial to to me or to society, I suppose. But uh, I'm glad I'm able to actually utilize some sort of no- knowledge that um, I could gain while I was on the train. But um, so, yeah, public domain, uh, when Ben kind of brought it up, um, you know, I, I just kind of Googled it. And, and that's what sometimes I do with uh, ideas or topics that I think are interesting is I'll Google them and save them on my you know my browser for later, um, and, and I happen just to have a lot of time, and um, you know, basically, it led me down this rabbit trail of all these different ideas um, and and thoughts, and um, you know, kind of consensus between is it good or is it not good? And you know, when I started going down both trails, I really was interested in well, what, what are they what are they talking about? What do I think about this? And and again, as an aforementioned nerd, I thought it was very fascinating how. Um, you know, the inner workings or politics will play into the public domain quite a bit, which I figured it would, but I was, I was surprised to, to find out how much, uh, this is a, a politicized issue, but, um, which I guess everything are, everything is these days. But, um, anyways, it, it was not just because Ben mentioned it, it was, it was a fascinating thing to, to think about it. And it kind of led me down, um, a ton of, ton of thought, um, to, to kind of digest and, and think through. So, yeah. Before we get too far, is there a definition for public domain? I'm sorry, that's not in the public domain. So it hasn't <laughs> been. No, I'm just kidding. So uh, public domain for for the person who who is in front of a computer who can Google it or anything like that, um, public domain basically think about it in terms of copyright laws. So um, you see behind every advertisement or, or every slogan or or any song or, or movie, um, you know, you sit copyright um, so and so and so and so and so. Um, The copyright is basically like a patent. If you think about it in terms of a business uses a patent, Um, you know, for instance, there's a a patents on, you know, pharmaceutical drugs. So like um, a company will develop a drug, um, they'll research, develop it, get it approved. And then from that point forward, they have a set amount of time to sell um, as long as they've patented it with with guarantee that no other company can can take that intellectual property um, or that secret sauce, whatever it may be. Um, and use the same ingredients, um, and sell it, um, outside of that company. And so public domain basically talks about when that copyright expires, um, and, and becomes available for anyone and everyone to, to use the material, um, to, to make their own productions off of that material. Um, you know, and so it's, that's basically the general idea of public domain is that, um, some sort of, of material that someone else developed, um, in their, basically license or their, um, you know, their hold on it has expired. And so everyone else, you know, really has the joy to, to use it to the best of their ability to build on it. That's, that's the idea. And it's why we have so many Shakespeare theater companies. Exactly. So, so Shakespeare, (laughs) uh, is one of the, the ones that, that, as you, you kind of aforementioned is, is that's, they've come into public domain. Mm -hmm. Um, so Shakespeare, uh, Tons of really everything before the 1800s. Um, You know, really the 19th century is when public domain law started to kind of come into play in France and Britain. Now, the Romans had, you know, back, you know, 2000 years ago, the Romans had public domain um, concepts, but really it was more related to uh, the sun and the air and light, you know, and, and water and that sort of thing. So it's, that's public domain for all use for everyone who's a citizen, you know, they can use it. Um, this is a little different in public domain. It's actually work that's been created by someone else. And so, so yeah, so as Ben mentioned, you know, Shakespeare, um, Jane Austen, if you're interested in her, um, tons of, tons of, you know, thought, uh, actually government practices are, are, under public domain. And so if the US, United States has some sort of, um, way they do things that, you know, any other company any other country can actually use those as well. So, so who gets to decide these rules? Right. So that's that's probably the first rabbit hole that that I, I went down is that um, a it's it's by country by country. So so every country has their own kind of copyright standards um, and public domain standards. And so what's what's public domain in England might not be public domain in America. Basically, the government um, sets up the rules as far as what becomes public domain. Um, and, and that's kind of where it where it comes into play. So, so I'm looking for a value
0: judgment here. Um, is public domain a good thing? Is
1: copyright law a good thing? And so, as the expert in the room, um, who's learned everything off of mostly Wikipedia, um, <laughs> I would say that that it's a good thing. You need uh, protection of private property. Um, that's what you know. One of the three things that um, the Declaration of Independence talked about is the government exists to to provide a, a couple different things, but one of those is. Is protection of private private property, and and so when you think about intellectual property um, in, in public domain, that is one of those things that is private property. So I think it is a good thing. I think you need it, um, and it's and it's beneficial to society. Um, I think there's a few things that we can probably change um, that are related to to who gets to decide them, um, and then and then how these bills are passed, in um, the length of time. And so right now, um, I'll give you just an example to get more in depth. Um right now, a, a public domain comes into effect um, 70 years after the Creator's death. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if it's a corporation, uh, it's actually extended to to 90 years. Um, and in some cases, I think it's it's gone even to 120 years. And so um, so in these two scenarios, basically the corporations are whenever a person's dying, the corporation will come and buy the rights up. Um, And so that way they as a corporation can now at least get another 20 years out of it longer than the individual was going to get And then from there on out they can fight Congress to keep on passing bills um, To extend 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 Um, So the latest bill that was passed was actually in 1998 um, and it extended um, the copyright life from the user's life plus 50 years to the user's life plus 70 years um, so let's say um, I'm going to use this person as an example because we'll talk about him in a second Walt Disney um, let's say he died in 1950 um, his copyrights were gonna come up in 2000 because that's 50 years after his death mm-hmm. well this bill in 98 was passed um, so they can get at least to 2020 um, and then in 2020 they'll figure it out from there they'll they'll decide and so um, so I know I, I probably went a roundabout way of saying uh, copyright law is necessary um, you know, to use another government phrase, maybe it's necessary, but evil. Um, mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you have to have it in place. Um, yeah. And really the whole idea is to promote um, new ideas, promote creativity. Um, and so that's how these companies kind of get around it is they say that by having this copyright under us, um, we're, we're using it to create um, new ideas um, and using it to be creative. Um, now, the the people who would argue against that would say that Walt Disney is dead. He's not adding any more creations because he's dead. And so it's like, if we're, if we pass this bill um, to protect him and he's no longer around, then maybe we should rethink this bill. Uh, maybe we should rethink that.
0: And you could argue that creativity would be spurned from them no longer cashing off a of Bambi.
1: Exactly. Um, <laughs> and what's fascinating about this is Walt Disney, uh, Disney Corporation, is probably the worst when it comes to cashing in on public domain ideas. So I, almost every movie that they produce is not an original idea. Um, it's coming from some sort of, you know, grim fairy tales or, or uh, let's see, the Lion King came from Hamlet, um, you know, and uh, Frozen, which made you know almost a billion dollars so far um, is from a Hans Christian Andersen, you know, story about the ice queen. And so it's like, okay, they use these public domain stories. They got this idea. And then obviously they put tons of effort in in making it Disneyizing it, um, which yes they should be paid for that no doubt. Um, And then but they're the worst when it comes to fighting and lobbying for these bills to extend copyrights, extend copyrights, extend copyrights. And so um, it's just really fascinating. So you can get into the weeds as far as um, who they give money to. Um, You know, one person somehow got twenty thousand dollars the next day after they voted to extend the copyrights from Disney. You know, the Disney pack. Um, so I mean, you can you kind of go both ways. My beloved Disney creates awesome things, but um, you know, who are they hurting in the meantime, and and are they doing it um, ethically? But at the end of the day, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do, and and they're going to get around these things because they're a huge corporation, most likely. So um, so, anyways, yeah, that's that was fascinating to me is that how many movies that they made, you know, with, on building on someone else's ideas that were public domain. <laughs> Are there any big legal battles on the horizon? Um, the Happy Birthday song, which is, is technically um, happy birthday to you, is the, is the correct way to say it, um, just became public domain. Um, so, so back in 1988. Congratulations, Chili's! Oh <laughs> well, well, yes. So every every server in America uh, in the restaurants are now grimacing, knowing that they have to sing um, the real Happy Birthday song instead of some other you know made up one. Happy Birthday! Yes, that's amazing that we came up with the same one uh, without rehearsing that at all. I promise. So I wonder um, if the person that created that song is like. Where's my money? Well, that's that's a good point, Mister Brinker of Chili's probably is wondering where where his <laughs> money. Go? So, uh, so no, Happy Birthday. Um, basically, this year became public domain after a, a judge um, ruled that the company who owned the rights to, to Happy Birthday to you um, was couldn't do that anymore. They couldn't charge money for people to use it, and so um, you know the company was Warren Chapel Music, um, sorry Warner Chapel Music, and so they had bought the rights from someone who had bought the rights from someone who bought the rights from someone um, who a long time ago created the happy birthday to you song. And it's actually the fourth verse um, of a song talking about good night and going to bed. Um, And so it's the same, you know, the same piano tune every time. And so um, it's really interesting that happy birthday, you know, made it um, versus the other three, um, the other three verses before it didn't make it. But anyways, um, so It's estimated that this company, um, who bought the rights in 1988, has made around uh, $2 million a year um, (laughs) on people, uh, them charging people for using this. So That makes Walt Disney Corporation look like a saint. I agree because, (laughs) I mean, happy birthday, that's something that, like, I can't imagine them going up to my grandma. It's like Rockabye Baby. Yes. And, like... And how hard was it really to write that? Like, I mean, in, in the, the piano, I'm sure someone, you know, if you suck a prodigy who's five years old and never heard the song, they could come up with it at some point. Right. I mean, how hard was it to really write that song? But, but anyways, uh, they did and they've been making bank on it. And so now there's, there's talks of a class action lawsuit for all those people for the past 27 years of who they've had to pay money to this company to use this. And so, um, that's going on that, that actually just ended. Um, the next round of of battles, um, and it'll probably start happening, you know, after the presidential election of, of twenty sixteen. But basically, twenty nineteen is when people are expecting um, for the next big push, because I think I mentioned earlier, you know, nineteen ninety eight was the most recent um, bill that was passed. It was actually the Sunny Bono bill, um, and the Sunny Bono, um, and, and so, anyways, that was in nineteen ninety eight, and and that pushed it. 20 years down the down the, the street basically and so um, 20 years later which is basically 20 uh, 2018 2019 um, all these companies Disney and others are going to come in and they're going to, to try to extend that again I think it's interesting I'll be watching for it since I'm now interested in, in an expert apparently um, <laughs> you know back in 98 that wasn't really a time when information spread like it does today um, and, and so I've, I'm excited to see what the internet age would think through. know all these corporations fighting for the copyrights you know in a couple years and so that'll be basically on the horizon if you're wanting to follow copyright law in in public domain
0: from a media perspective when the old old laws were in effect it really was just books and and now it's like moved on to i I, i'm sure there's another one that i'm not thinking about like sheet music or something but like now we've got movies We've got television. We've got recorded music, which, right. which didn't used to exist. And
1: yeah, uh, it's totally right. So I'll I'll give you an interesting example with books. That was the first thing we talked about. Um, so there was a recent study on Amazon, um, and it looked basically it was it was asking um, how many books were available to users or to to, to consumers um, who could buy them on Amazon, um, and they compared books that were from the 1880s versus books that were from the 1980s. Um, and there are, you can buy um, more books from the 1880s than the 1980s on Amazon. Um, and so basically it, it's, it's crazy because those copyrights haven't ended yet. So the publisher's still only one publisher has access to that book that was written in 1980. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that publisher went bankrupt or maybe they, they've stopped publishing it all. And so there's no more editions out on the market. And so we have to wait, you know, for X many years until someone else, another publisher can can get the rights and start publishing those books. Um, and so it's fascinating. Um, I think it's a hindrance to to us you know in this day and age we want to read things that might not be you know out. Um, you have to go find you know either in a gar- garage sale or on eBay or something like that because you know there's no more editions available that we not on the marketplace anymore.
0: back when it was the 50 year amount, each year you could look forward to new things coming onto the market, but we don't get that anymore. And that's right. That's actually how, where I first, when I was Googling, like something like, can I read how the Grinch stole Christmas on my podcast? Uh, It was, it would have rolled out already under some old law. There's some uh, activist group that is really big about public domain and it's for the common good. And,
1: um, each year they say, this is what would have come out this year if uh, under is. old... That's right. So basically in 1978, um, I believe it was the year when when another act came out. So 10 years before the Sonny Bono Act, um, that basically got everyone on the same page. Um, that, was, that was anything that was basically expiring around then. Um, and so anything that was expiring, I think it was from between 1940s and 1980s, um, they got them all kind of under the same... Um, timeline. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, um, you know, those things aren't available anymore. And so um, nowadays, you don't really see the every year rate, um, because everything was kind of trued up to a certain point. And then now all these corporations own the copyrights, and they they every every 20 years, whenever the the final year is on the bill, um, they just keep on pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. And so um, I'm sure there are still things that are coming out every year. Um, but from my experience, at least everything, you know, there isn't Um, that isn't the case for a lot of these things.
0: So Brett, this is all really, really enlightening, but I still can't read how the Grinch stole Christmas on this podcast.
1: There is no Christmas miracle here. You're right. But it starts off so good. Like, Every who down in Whoville
0: liked Christmas a lot, but the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. The Grinch hated Christmas, the whole Christmas season. Now please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason.
1: Well, it it could be because his head wasn't screwed on just right. Uh, it could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. Yeah. But, but I think the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small.
0: Yeah. Uh, well... Whatever the reason, his heart or his shoes, he stood there on Christmas Eve, hating the Who's, staring down from his cave with a sour Grinchy frown or whatever. And uh,
1: it's just it's such a good story, and I can't we can't read it. It's too bad you can't really read all about the the warm lighted windows below in their town, Whoville. I know. For he knew every Who down in Whoville beneath was busy now hanging in mistletoe reef.
0: And they're hanging their stockings. Hey, that's a horrible Grinch voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'd need to like snarl that with a sneer. Tomorrow is Christmas. It's
1: practically here. Now I'm turning into Mr. Potter. It's unfortunate that the Grinch couldn't be here to talk it through. And <laughs> maybe he could he could get around the public domain. But uh, Yeah, if he
0: was talking about his own story, the like growling with his Grinch fingers nervously drumming. Right. He'd
1: probably say, I must find some way to stop Christmas from coming. <laughs> for tomorrow he knew all the who girls and boys will wake bright and early they'd rush for their toys oh, and, and
0: then 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 uh and then uh oh the oh the noise the noise, oh, the, noise yeah. the noise the noise, the noise, 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 noise. <laughs> that is one thing he hated he hated that noise. The noise noise I mean,
1: the who were so so noisy too
0: yeah they yeah. really were it's such a
1: good story uh but we can't but but can't the, do it these kids were fascinated the, the who's young and old would sit down at a feast mm-hmm. and they'd feast <laughs> and they'd feast <laughs> and they'd feast, 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 feast. feast just like the noise. Oh, constant man.
0: feasting. Oh, I, I really wanted to eat there because they would like feast on who pudding and rare who roast beast, which by the way was something the Grinch
1: couldn't stand in the least. And then they do something he liked least of all. Uh huh. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, would stand close together. With Christmas bells ringing, mm-hmm. they'd stand hand in hand, and the Who's would start singing. Yeah, they'd sing. They'd sing. And they they'd sing. Sing, and they'd they sing. sing, sing, sing. So I wonder if those songs were under public domain. That's a good question. We'll have yeah. to investigate later. <laughs> The
0: Abu Doris, or right. whatever. That's kind of like Circle of Life where everyone has their own version. That's true. But yeah like the Grinch just couldn't take it and the more the Grinch thought of this who Christmas thing, the more he thought, I must stop this whole thing. Why for 53 years I've put up with it now, which actually is a really long time to have to put up. That's true with something
1: and, and I wonder what Grinch life cycles are you know, 53 years you know that's that's a pretty good timeline for a Grinch like I wonder is that doggy year or is that Grinch years? Um, I, I don't he's, know. He's hibernating a lot. So I'm but sure, but I mean, he hit
0: his breaking point and yes. he said, he, I must stop this Christmas from coming. Well, but then
1: he got an idea. Uh, and now it's an awful idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he got a wonderful, awful idea. Yeah. And he said, I know just what to do. The Grinch laughed. He made a quick Santa Claus hat and a coat. He chuckled and clucked. What a great Grinchy trick. With this coat and his hat. I look just like St. Nick. All I need is a reindeer. The Grinch looked around.
0: <laughs> yeah, but since reindeer is scarce, uh, there is none to be found. But did that stop the Grinch? No, sir. The Grinch simply said, if I can't find a reindeer, I'll make one instead. Oh, man, he... He called his dog Max? Max, yes. Yeah, and yes. then he took some red thread and he tied a big horn on the top of his head. Then he loaded some bags and some old empty sacks on a ram shackle sleigh and he hitched up old Max. Well,
1: and then the Grinch said, Gidap. And the sleigh started down. <laughs> uh, and, and Gidap, I guess, is Grinch terms of giddy up. Yeah. Um, now he's yeah. on the south, so he probably... Gdap is, is a more appropriate. I'm going to start using hashtag Gdap. <laughs> hashtag Gdap. And the sleigh started down toward the homes where the who's lay a snooze in their town. All their windows were dark, and quiet snow filled the air. All the who's were all dreaming sweet dreams without care. Which I, like, like, it was like such a
0: calm, serene thing. Yeah. And like they just trusted that someone wasn't going to break in their house and steal Christmas.
1: That's a good point. Evil doesn't and exist <laughs> except for in one. Area of their town
0: I suppose You would think that at some point they would have done Like in 53 years they would have done the pitchfork thing Surely um, Yeah when he get, uh, came to the first little house On the square uh, This is stop number one Little gr- Grinchy claws hissed And he climbed to the roof Empty bags in his fist And then he slid down the chimney uh, a, a rather tight pinch and, and then
1: what What happened next I think I think well, if Santa could do it, then so could the Grinch.
0: And yeah.
1: He, he got stuck only once. For, for a, a moment, moment or two, two right? yeah. But then he stuck his head out of the fireplace flew, um, where the little Who stockings all hung in a row, nice in a row. Um, these stockings, he grinned, said to himself, are the first things to go.
0: <laughs> Man, then he slithered and slunk with a, with a smile, uh, most unpleasant, around the whole room. And he took every present... Like, pop guns and bicycles. Roller skates and, uh, what else did else see that? Drums. Checkerboards. Tricycles. Popcorn. Plums. And he stuffed them in bags. And the Grinch, uh, very nimbly, at least in the cartoon, stuffed all the bags one by one up the Chimbley. And then he swung to the icebox and he, he took the whose feast.
1: Dude, and it's enough to take stockings, okay? Yeah. And then, and then take all their toys, yeah, is stealing and then food. Stealing food. You know, maybe, maybe the food is scarce in Whoville. Uh, yeah. I imagine not, though. He, t- um, he,
0: took, he took the Who pudding, and he took the roast beast, and he like cleaned out the ice box as quick as a flash, and he even took the last can of Who hash. No,
1: not the Who hash. <laughs> well, and then he, he stuffed all the food out the chimney with glee, and now... Uh, grin the Grinch. I will stuff up the tree.
0: Yeah, and he grabs the tree and he starts to shove, and then he like hears a small sound, like the coo of a dove, and he turns around fast and he sees a small who, little uh, um, Cindy. I think Seems it's. Tonight. I think it's. <laughs> I think it's Cindy Lou Who. C- that's it, Cindy and she's Lou only Lou. like two. Oh, uh, and he, he's he'd been caught by this tiny who daughter who'd gotten out of
1: bed for a cup of cold water. And and so she stared at the Grinch and said, "Santa Claus, why? Why are you taking our Christmas tree? Why?" And if there was like
0: one point where you would think like, "Okay, I need to turn around." Like
1: Yes. Like this little
0: girl like asking just like up for she's thirsty, she's up for a glass of water and like
1: she straight up asks him. Right? And not only that, like but she calls him Santa Claus, so it's like I'm terrifying the children now by imperson- <laughs> impersonating a local hero. Yeah, this and doesn't I'm talk, still going
0: to go. This doesn't talk about Cindy Lou, who's like mental scars
1: from That's true. The, the entire the length of, of her of life. Seen a green Santa Claus, but yes.
0: but that wicked old Grinch, he was so smart and so slick. He he thought up a lie, and he, it was pretty quick. Uh, my Why my sweet little tot, the fake Santa Claus lied. There's a light on this tree that won't light on one side. So I'm taking it back to my workshop. My dear, I'll fix it up there, and then I'll bring it back here. And it fooled
1: the child. Well, what'd you? It is mean, a child, but then he he patted her head. So yeah. not only a fibber, but he patted her head. He got her a drink, and he sent her to bed. <laughs> and when Cindy Lou, who went to bed with her cup, he went to the chimney and stuffed the tree up. The last thing he took was the log for their fire,
0: and they went up the chimney. The, that, that stupid old... Wire. It's just a fascinating character, and it just—it's such a shame that this is not in public domain, so that we can't, like, actually, like, read the really story.
1: It, and I'd love to see, you know, further adaptations of of someone who, you know, basically on their walls would leave nothing uh, but hooks and some wire, um, and one speck of food that he left in the house uh, <laughs> was a crumb that was even too small for a mouse. And they
0: did the same thing to the other whose houses. It leaving crumbs much too small for the other Who's mouses. And it was a quarter past dawn. All the Who's still a bed. All the Who's still a snooze when he packed up his sled. He packed it with presents, the ribbons. The wrappings. Yeah, the, the tags, tags. The tinsel. The trimmings. The trappings.
1: Uh, I, how big is Mount
0: Crumpet? 3,000
1: feet? 3,000 feet up, up the side of Mount yeah. Crumpet. Uh, and and he rode with the load to the tip top to dump it, um, which... At least if you're going to take their food, don't just dump it out somewhere. You know, actually, actually use it and, and feed your dog.
0: Give it to the whys or the what's like the ones that can't afford food. Yes.
1: Or, or the hows or the wins. But he's just going to dump it. And he's going to take all the who's food. So poo poo to the who's. He was grinchously humming. Uh, and then they're finding out now they know Christmas is coming. Um, they're just waking up. I just I know just what they'll do. Their mouths will hang open a minute or two.
0: And then the who's down in Hill Whoville will all cry boo hoo, and that's a noise that the Grinch really, really wanted to hear.
1: So he um, paused, and he like holds his hand to his ear, right? And, and he was looking around, but he did hear a sound rising over the snow. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was it? It started in low, and then and it, then it
0: started to grow. Mm-hmm. But the sound wasn't sad. No, it was like. Really, really, Mary. That's right.
1: It, it couldn't be so, but it was Mary, very. <laughs> and he stared down at Whoville, and he he popped his Grinchy eyes, and then he shook. Uh, what he saw? What did he see? It was it was a shocking surprise.
0: Yeah, every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing. Without any presents at all, and he hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came,
1: yeah. Somehow or other, it just came in <laughs> the the, and the Grinch with his with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow. And so he sat there and he puzzled for three hours till his puzzler was sore, which which is impressive that it took only three hours. I mean, my my puzzler sore normally. I don't know about you, but normally it's been <laughs> a couple minutes. Yeah, um, it, and he he
0: thought of something that he hadn't thought of
1: before. Right, so he thought.
0: Maybe Christmas um, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. And, and what happened then? Um, I well, in in Whoville, they say that what
1: the Grinch's heart grew three sizes that day. Right, and that's just so such a shame that we can't speak about that. Um, you know, we can't talk about that just in open culture and dialogue. It. This, this should be, if anything, in the Grinch should be a public domain. This is yeah, where, this, where his heart grows three sizes just this, by love. Yes, yeah, you know?
0: scientific breakthrough. And and <laughs> exactly. we, we just assumed that he didn't have medical problems from this. But uh, the minute his heart didn't feel quite so tight, he whizzed with his load through the bright morning light and he brought back the toys. And,
1: and the food for the feast.
0: Yeah, and uh, he, uh, he himself, the Grinch carved the roast beast man that's such a good story just thinking about it right here but it just like really like i'm 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 glad that you enlightened me about public domain and i feel like intellectual property including dr theodore geisel's should be protected but i still wish
1: that i could read how the grinch stole christmas on my podcast right it's such a good story thank you for for going through it blow by blow with me i mean it's you have an impeccable memory, and it was it was just so much fun to to work through all the different ideas that the Grinch was thinking and, and all the different things that the Who's did to help them out to understand Christmas. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Brett. Yes. My pleasure. It was anytime Ben.
0: And you, thanks for listening. If you're into Sundry, please rate us on iTunes and subscribe. And or like us on Facebook. See you next time.
1: Yeah, Um, I just want to say that this is copyright by by (laughs) Brett Newman and and Ben Ford if he wants to. But anyways, I just want to get that out there. Yeah, please do not share
0: this or remix it or distribute it in any way.
1: Correct. Without the express written consent of the league. Or we will sue you with our lawyers. (laughs) That's right. And our dogs.